Hey guys, this is your girl Kat from Roadcast. This episode, it was a collaboration with Anonymous Hedgehog. It was an amazing time having a deep conversation about different um, social media stuff, what's been going on in the YouTube world, vlogging, beauty world, everything. So yeah, let's go ahead and start the conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Don't forget, you can also catch them on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all different types of you know platforms so go ahead subscribe download and help you know help them get that you know bigger audience so yeah i see you guys in a minute Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another collab between Anonymous Hedgehog Podcast and here we have Kat from Royal Cast. So Kat, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your podcast is about and why people should listen to it? Well, so my podcast is mostly about relatable shit that you can't talk on YouTube because mainly Mm -hmm. you're going to get demonetized and sometimes Mm -hmm. restricted. So I just created this podcast basically just to talk about shit that people don't want to talk about or people want to listen to and just be real about it so yeah just bring in my friends we always talk about deep conversations so why not just make it into a podcast and just speak about it and have people listen to it and relate to it yeah that's really awesome so be sure to check out her podcast on spotify are you on apple Podcasts too yes and i'm on anchor also yeah, so be sure to check out her podcast. And so for our, uh, so for your audience, Anonymous Hedgehog is a podcast hosted by me, Maya, and then my partner, Rich. Um, and we kind of delve into just like deep conversations about everyday topics. So we take topics that are very simple, like brushing your teeth, taking a shower in the morning, and kind of just ask a lot of questions about the reason about why we do these things. And then we kind of get into a deep philosophical conversation about um, why we do the things that we do. So be sure to check out our podcast. We're also on Spotify, I iTunes and um, Anchor. So yeah, let's get into the conversation. So I thought I would ask you a little bit about, since I've seen your YouTube channel, you do um, makeup tutorials, right? And I was thinking, um, I've always kind of had this question about makeup it's like I put on a lot of like I put on makeup just for fun because I like putting on makeup but like how do you feel about kind of the idea that women can put on makeup to kind of like refine their appearance not necessarily cover it up but I guess the standard doesn't necessarily apply to men I've always thought that was a little bit unfair and I was wondering how you'd feel about this since we have kind of both male and female perspective here well, I just feel like putting on makeup is just a little boost of confidence. Everybody's beautiful with their bare skin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's why I toned down a little bit of the makeup. I'm doing a little bit more of a skin type, like a skincare more routine than like I used to. But I think everybody should wear makeup. There's no label to it. It's an art, to be honest, because everybody is a blank canvas. That's what I believe in. But um, for the male perspective, I don't know. A lot of people believe that males are not supposed to be wearing makeup. And I don't think that's really fair. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point to make. Like, I think that um, it's it's sort of more normalized for just females to wear makeup. But, like, I almost feel bad for men because, like, when I have, like, a zit, you know, like, I can just cover it up. Like, oh, I have a little bit of concealer and then, like, I'll cover it up and it's fine. But I almost feel bad for a lot of men that they can't do the same. Like, they kind of have to walk around with that insecurity, like, oh, I have a pimple on my face or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. That is so true. And I don't know why it's such a big deal. Like I said, it's art in a way. Mm-hmm. And it gives you confidence in a certain way, too, mm. because a lot of people have low self-esteem. And if you want to wear a little bit of makeup, go ahead. Flaunt it. You don't have to be scared. Nobody, like, a lot of ha- people have opinions. And to be honest, mm-hmm. those opinions don't really matter. I mm. see. Yeah, I I really like the way you put it of how our bodies are sort of like a blank canvas and uh, makeup is like an art that you can use to sort of enhance your blank canvas. Because for me, for example, I'm really into fitness and in the fitness industry, I, I guess that the mindset is is like your body is what you're trying to improve. Like it's it's not like you're you have an iPhone and you're trying to, you know, software upgrade some object that you own. It's like you yourself are the entity that you are trying to sort of improve, whether it's for health or whether it's to look better. And I just think that concept of you as a person can be modified or enhanced. I think that's just a really interesting concept. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I do have a job like which is gym and a lot of the Mm -hmm. gymnasts um always tell me that the body is like a sculpture and you can sculpt it whatever form that you want and i agree with that Mm, that's interesting because um i kind of yeah so the whole idea of just enhancing who you are versus kind of wanting to cover up your real face but i feel like like at least when I kind of put on makeup, it's kind of towing the line between wanting to cover up sort of my imperfections and cover up my like actual face and wanting to enhance my own appearance. I feel like, I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I, I remember when I first started to put on makeup when I was younger, I would have a lot like, um, this like big sense of, I think it's called like face dysmorphia or something where like you don't put on makeup and you just don't feel good about who you are. Have you ever felt that? In the beginning, I really did. I think everybody in the beginning feels like that because once you see your face with makeup, you see like something different. Mm -hmm. But once you get used to it, I think that goes away. But that's mostly for like the youngings Mm -hmm. who's starting right now with makeup. Everything is a process. You're going to get used to how you look because I know when we're young, we're like, we don't want to look a certain way because we see how social media portrays how we should be a certain type of way. We should have this certain type of thing. And I think that's wrong for social media to show that to young kids. But in the long run, you're going to have the mentality that when you grow up, you're going to be like, I like the way I am. I can enhance Mm -hmm. it, but I could be better. Mm. interesting you talk about social media um because i want to ask you about kind of how do you feel about this whole honestly i'm not really clear on what's happening but like the whole beauty community drama that's happening right now i don't know if rich you know what i'm talking about but it's just like um i feel like it's just very in general it's just so unhealthy because i used to watch these people like tati jeffree star i used to watch these people for makeup and i feel like and, you know, just for skincare and these product reviews. And I feel like that has just become very overshadowed by all the drama that they're talking about, you know? And I, I almost feel bad that young girls and young boys, they can't go to this channel and just watch their makeup tutorials anymore. You know, they have to get involved in this drama and have to figure out who said this about who. Yeah, I, that whole drama to me should have just been between them because now yeah. it's like, making the platform a little bit more toxic than it is because youtube mm-hmm. you just make videos to entertain other people 
now it's just the beauty community is all about just the drama it's not about the makeup it's not about the art it's just who said what who am i going to take down because this one is it's just too toxic right now Mm-hmm. And that Tati situation, I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. And the Tati situation, I don't like to talk about it because at the end of the day, I don't know them like that. Mm-hmm. But I believe yeah, they should have did people. it behind the scene instead of in front of millions of people. Right. Yeah, that's such a phenomenon on um, just just on social media in general, right? Like, I feel like we could think about so many different examples that just could be resolved internally, but instead had to just devolve onto internet drama. Yeah, and I they're think like even older. Yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. They're like older, so yeah. if we youngings telling them like do it behind the scenes, that should tell you how a lot of people are more mature than what they're doing right now. Mm. But at the same time, it's like that, that drama is the reason why there's so much attention on them. Like we're talking about this right now and me who like has never even entered sort of like the makeup industry um, and isn't really a part of like the beauty community. Even I've heard about the drama um, between those people that you mentioned and just the fact that someone like me who isn't even a part of this sphere has heard about this kind of goes mm. to show that like on these platforms like YouTube, just explaining like the actual art of makeup isn't enough anymore. Like you need some more drama to sort of spice it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. Like um, the whole reason, like they're famous because of this drama, like Tati gained, I think she went from like 5 million subscribers to almost 10 million subscribers because of James Charles. And then she like, she gained fame like way afterwards. I remember like I used to watch Tati when I was younger and then she was nowhere near as big as James. But then after the whole drama came out, she got so big and everyone talked about her channel. And if people, even if people didn't like her, people knew about her and it's almost like yeah like rich said like just doing makeup tutorials it's almost not enough for youtube anymore like you have to be something more yeah you have to do some drama in order to be well known nowadays which i really don't agree with it because you should be in a good reputation with what you bring with your talent not what Mm -hmm. this other person said or this other drama yeah, I, I've seen this a lot with people saying like, oh, we missed the old YouTube. Like in 2009, like 10, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, the old YouTube was mainly just independent creators making videos about things they're passionate about. And now it's become sort of industry run with these large companies containing the, the majority of subscribers, huge PR teams behind each channel. And like mm-hmm. the, the small independent creators who are just doing what they love, what, which is what the, the platform was initially made for, are getting drowned out by this greater drama, which isn't technically really contributing towards the platform. And the, the beauty of the platform was that you can see what these like independent people are doing and you can learn about things like makeup and um, these spheres that you would have otherwise not known about. But now it's just been drowned out by drama and industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I was wondering, like, kind of with um, your YouTube channel, Kat, like, how do you, I guess, stay, like, true to kind of your content? Like, um, 
Because, I mean, you have, like, a pretty good number of subscribers and, like, a lot of views. Um, but how do you kind of stay, yeah, true just to, like, your makeup tutorials, your skincare routines, and kind of your lifestyle videos? And how do you just kind of not, um, you know, like, not want to be something more? Because I feel like that's, there's a lot of temptation um, when it comes to people who want to go into YouTube and want to be YouTubers. Like, there's a lot of temptation to kind of do um you know, these kind of very dramatic clickbaity videos. Um, yeah. How do you just uh, kind of stay away from that temptation when you're doing your content? So I just do what I feel like I want to do because a lot of people are like doing videos that are another person's doing or they capture mm-hmm. another title what other people's doing. But with me, I started YouTube mostly because I had open heart surgery when I was younger, so it was kind of a way for me to have like a therapy session. And once I started oh, doing this, wow. once I just started doing the whole YouTube, it was like, okay, I probably really like this. Mm-hmm. And then it like took a little bit of you know concentrating of a habit, and I just continued doing it. I really like doing editing videos i really like planning videos but videos that i generally like not what oh what's trending on the trending Mm -hmm. page Mm -hmm. oh what is this youtuber that's big is doing i should do it too i just like doing Mm -hmm. my own thing i don't like to follow anyone Mm -hmm. and that's what basically i just stick to what i like i see and i know a lot of people do let's say like they do like a jake paul video Mm-hmm. And then now they're in drama because, oh, this person is taking this person's videos. I don't like drama. I like to stick to myself, like I said. So temptation for me is not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's mm-hmm. that's a really great mentality that you have. And for our viewers who um, are unfamiliar with her YouTube channel, Kat's YouTube channel is called Royal Jewels. Um, and it's a great channel. You should all check it out. But I honestly, I think that that mentality of creating content, not for others and not for views, but for yourself, like you said, it started out as a therapy session, um, and it sort of evolved into something more. That's a really great mentality to have because it, it makes sure that your content is staying true to yourself. It's, I feel like a lot of creators these days are sort of selling out like you said, by, you know, putting famous people's names in their title to gain views. And they, they've sort of lost touch with why they're on the platform itself. And, you know, if you ask them, why did you create your channel? It's, it's usually because, oh, I want to show something I'm passionate about. But if you're sort of selling out and, you know, putting other people's names in your title and making videos about other people just to start drama, it's really important to reevaluate am I really doing this for myself or am I doing this for like the views? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like, I mean, I've, I feel like I've always kind of struggled with this kind of with any social media platform. Cause I think that like YouTube is one big social media platform. Right. Um, but Instagram is another social media platform. I mean, I have kind of come across a lot of this too, where, um, like sort of all of my friends have sort of converted their private accounts to public accounts. And then I feel like everyone kind of has this mentality of wanting to be an influencer. How do you feel like, do you feel like people kind of ordinary people all wanting to become influencers? Do you feel like that's kind of a positive for society or do you feel like that's kind of a negative and how we interact? 
I think it's kind of negative because a lot of people on Instagram just want to be influencers because they see other influencers get free stuff or go on yeah. free trips. And that's what makes that's what basically the one thing that people just see and they want. They yeah. when you ask somebody, hey, why you want to be an influencer? Oh, because I see this person getting free stuff and I want it. I yeah. had people tell me that and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> you mm-hmm. are you serious like you're not gonna be because you know you need the income to help you know a certain family member or yeah you want to grow out your brand but you just want free stuff mm-hmm. you have to work in order for you to get that and a lot of companies see who really wants it and who really doesn't or just wants the free stuff mm. that's a good point i feel like i've personally sort of just done that like with my Instagram posts there's been so many times when I've kind of just wanted to make my account public to see what would happen if other people saw my account and like when I get likes on my posts I look through who's liked it who hasn't it's so easy to just get caught up in you know the numbers and the statistics and it's honestly even with my personal Instagram account like I created it so I could stay in touch with my friends and post about things that I love doing but even for me like it's sort of just become a way for me to show off the best side of me and try to try to get an idea of how many people are liking my posts when it really shouldn't be like that and I've personally struggled a lot with trying to figure out that balance between um using social media to connect with others versus getting caught up in that whirlpool of just counting likes and figuring out who's engaging with my posts. So have, have you ever felt that that was sort of difficult to balance with your own YouTube channels? In the beginning it is because sometimes you, you're going to see like, Oh, I'm a failure because this certain number it is. And it is very unhealthy. So Hmm. I just ignore it. That's why I think Instagram is going to be taking out the likes and just paying attention to just, you know, interacting with each other instead of worrying about, Hey, how many likes did I get on this? How many comments did I get on this? How many people are going on my profile? Because they saw how toxic and negative it can bring a person and it drives people crazy. So I agree them taking the likes out because it makes mm. it you can pay attention more to the photography or what your friends or family is doing instead of you worrying about, OK, why the hell am I not getting much like this is a nice picture. It's very toxic to me. Oh, wow. Did they did they say that they were going to take likes off of Instagram? Yeah, they um there was an article that they said that they're planning to take off. I think they already tested it in Japan or in Europe. They're taking oh, off wow. likes and now they're paying attention more to people's engagement instead of the likes and more of like the DMs and the Insta um the Insta stories instead mm-hmm. of just likes because they have seen a lot of people panic because they don't have a certain amount of likes in a photo and they don't want that platform to be just about likes they want it to be about interacting with each other 
Oh, wow. That's really interesting because I think I've definitely felt this with kind, of, with kind of likes too because I made my account public just, you know, for like a few months ago just for fun and like or my personal account that I used to use for, um, you know, just for friends and stuff. Um, and I've always felt like whenever you make your account public or whenever you um, you sort of post on Instagram, there's always kind of a hope that you're going to become like famous. You know, it's kind of the idea like using the TikTok algorithm, like, oh, you know, like, I hope my, like, you kind of have this hope in the back of your mind that your video is just going to blow up and become famous. And you always just feel kind of dejected and you feel kind of like hopeless when that doesn't happen. You're like, oh, oh yeah. somehow I failed. Right. Because yeah. it's kind of a mentality. Like when everyone become when everyone can become an influencer, you feel like you failed if you can't do it. Yeah. I, I feel like we felt that with this podcast too, when we launched anonymous hedgehog, um, we, you know, we, we still do it today where we continue to like track the number of listeners, like almost every single day. And we like, look at the graph and it, it, it's, it gets kind of toxic when you're constantly just engaging with how much engagement your content has. And if, if you see that, like, Oh, I, I expected to get like a million views by today, but I'm only at a hundred or I'm only mm-hmm. at 10, which in fact, is usually the case. Like you're not, if everyone could make a million views, then there wouldn't be enough people to watch all those videos. Like usually is the case that you're only at like 10 or a hundred by the time you expect there to be like a thousand or 10,000 that can be really, really crushing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, how do you kind of manage your different social media platforms, Kat? Because I kind of have, I've always felt like I have too many social media platforms and I, I literally can't keep track of them. Right. Um, I'll have friends tell me, Oh, I sent you this DM on Instagram and I sent you this TikTok, and I'm like, I, I can't, I can't check all of these things in one day. Um, cause I know you have YouTube, you probably have Instagram too. Right. Um, and yeah. then you have this podcast and then you probably have like, you know, things like Snapchat and just like, I, can only check so many things at once. And I feel like it's so, it takes up so much of my energy and so much of my day. So kind of how do you have like time or how do you find time to just sort of keep track of all these social media platforms? So I have friends who always tell me the same thing and I just take my time. I'm like, give me a second. I'm doing something. I can only do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So I just take like a day, like, they say like an hour and I just lay in my bed and just scroll to whatever they send me. I don't panic like, oh my God, I have to ch- I have to look at this because this person sent me this or this TikTok. I literally tell my friends, I'm going to take my time. I'll watch it and then I'll come back to you. That's about it because mm-hmm. I used to be get drink crazy because of it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not healthy for me. So I'm going to just tell them. Hey, I must watch it when I can. And when I do, I watch it and I respond back. I just take my time. And it's better for you to take your time because it, it will drive you a little bit crazy with mm, all I think the social a, media. 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting like approach that you take to checking your social media because I kind of have like I kind of like have a mentality where I I feel bad for leaving people kind of on delivered or on read for too long or like if I know that they send me a message, I just feel bad for kind of letting them wait for my response. So I will kind of send a response quickly even if it's not a genuine response. If it's like okay, for example, if someone sends me a YouTube video or if someone sends me a DM, I won't exactly read what they're saying but I just kind of want to respond to them just to get a response out and I feel like the way that you do it is actually better because you're actually giving them a genuine response to what they're saying versus I'm just kind of like kind of pushing them off just like oh here you know here's your response but I didn't actually watch what you sent me yeah I I used to do that the same way and I just got tired it was like I was drained burned out and I'm just Mm -hmm. like nah (laughs) <laughs> this is not the way to go from it. I'm um, just telling them, like, hey, I'm watch it when I can watch it. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I also think that it's, it really has to do with your mindset. Like, for example, if, if I'm doing a lot of, like, schoolwork or um, I'm busy, like, cooking something, I'm not in the mindset to watch, like, a comedy video. But if I'm, like, lying yeah. in my bed right, right before I go to sleep, like, that's the mindset that I want to be in when I watch the video. So... When I open that message that is like a YouTube video recommendation, I'm going to want to open it not when I'm, you know, inundated with work and I'm stressing out about like finishing something in time. Like I, I, I want to open it right before bed because that's also doing a service to you because I'm able to respond more genuinely and I'm able to actually like enjoy the video. Mm, I think that brings up an interesting point. It's just like, I almost feel like we should normalize, um, like leaving people on red, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, I, I feel like we kind of have like this urge, like, you know, I can't open the notification. Otherwise they'll see that I've read it oh, and yeah. then I have to respond right away. Yeah. So I just leave it in my notification. I pretend I don't see it. Yeah. Um, but I almost feel like we should, this kind of goes back to just genuinely responding to what they're saying. Like, you know, a well-crafted response to like, you know, a funny video that someone sent you or just like someone's message to you. I feel like that it should like, it should be okay to take a few minutes to respond or even a few hours if you're doing something else. You know, how do you feel about that cat? Cause I feel like, you know, we just have, I realized texting has just so like morphed our social interactions. Cause I was actually texting someone much older than me the other day. Cause I, so we are both kind of college age people. Um, and so I was actually texting someone who is late in their 20s and I didn't realize how differently they texted and I was getting kind of anxious because I was like wow she like saw the message and just didn't respond for like until the next day but then I realized that like it was just such a generational difference between how I view texting and how she kind of views texting. Yeah I have the same I had um one of my managers for where I work at She's a little bit older, and we always mm-hmm. text, and she always, like, texts, and I see that she read, reads it, and then texts the next day, and it gets frustrating, but I, you also have to understand is, like, they're probably busy, or yeah. they're mm. probably doing something else, or interacting with other people face-to-face that they're probably paying attention to that person. That's what I take it from understanding. And as long as they text me back, I have no problem continuing the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a very similar mindset to what I have. And it's interesting, Maya, that you bring up like 
the differences in generations in texting. Like when I text someone that's like 15 to 20 years older than me, I sort of expect to just be read, left on read because that's like the trend <laughs> that I've encountered versus someone that's younger than me. Like I, I know they're probably going to respond in a couple hours. And I think this kind of ties into like fashion as well. Like the differences between our generations regarding fashion is so huge. Like just mm. the, the clothing people wear, the brands people recognize, it's incredibly different. And I wanted to bring this up to you, Kat, because like I, I think one third of your YouTube channel is dedicated to fashion. Um, it's it's fashion and um, beauty and vlogging, right? So yeah. regarding fashion, I'm kind of new to the sort of community on fashion. I, I, I just wear the same same old V-neck t-shirts every <laughs> single day. I have like 10 of them and just in yeah, different colors. And I always wear the same one. So I'm a total newbie to the, the fashion scene. But I wanted to ask you, how do you find out where the latest fashion trends are coming from and what's hot in season? Um, and what really defines fashion today? So... One way that I find, like, new trendy fashion right now is basically TikTok because mm. the TikTokers always bring in new stuff. Mm. I pay attention to that. But um, also, I have a little brother. He's <laughs> 16, and he's always showing me new styles. He's like, listen, this is cute. This is what's trending right now. Oh, you He even tells me I'm old because I show <laughs> him 80 stuff, and I go thrift mm. shopping, or I budget. Like, I go Shein, I budget my clothing mm, that Shein, looks yeah. trending. So he tells me I'm old. <laughs> but basically, just social media-wise, you can see what's trending on Instagram on the clothing what's trending mm. now if you go to like your explore page literally it will see you will show like a whole page of different styles that's new right mm. now mm-hmm. that's how, how i feel find it. how do you feel about the kind of revival of the vintage style because i know rich and i like ca- talked about this sort of recently it's just like recently there's just been such a like a revival of 80s and 90s styles that would have been like 10 years ago in the 2010s this would have been very untrendy you know like wearing like those cardigans um Mm -hmm. wearing those really chunky shoes uh kind of dressing like rachel from friends like that kind of (laughs) idea like that would be like very i guess not trendy maybe 10 years ago but now it's so trendy like how do you feel about that i really love the 80s and especially Mm -hmm. rachel gray um Rachel's outfits I love her outfits anything 80s I I just love (laughs) I don't know why I just do I'm a vintage soul I always say Mm. I don't like you know those tight little skirts I just like vintage like the grandpa pants with a vintage grandma shirt tying it up I love those stuff and 80s was the best year ever Really? My dad always told me, he's like, the 80s was the best years for music and fashion. Uh, I've heard that a lot. I, in fact, on on the YouTube videos of songs from the 80s, there's so many comments that are like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation. I wish I was born in this generation where the music was actually good and the, the fashion was actually like fun. And I just think that's so interesting because it's all coming back now. Like, for example, what I was talking about with Maya the other day was um, my hair used to just be like the regular 
you know, a fade on the sides and then a comb over, which was like the the normal like male fashion trend in like 2015 to 2020. And now all of a sudden, since TikTok, like he said, <laughs> I've seen a bunch of guys with like middle parts in their hair. So I was like, let me try that. And I tried it. And you know, when I when I was talking to like my parents, they were like, this exact hairstyle was what we used to see like 20 years ago. And to me, that was like, oh my gosh, that is so insane. That's incredible that the hairstyle that I'm doing that I think is like this cool new trend of having a middle part is something that my parents saw a long time ago. And now they're laughing at me because they're like, you would have thought this was so lame if you saw this 10 years ago, but now you're coming back to it. Mm-hmm. That's what mm. a lot of parents are coming now. I literally, we, I have like the blonde strip on the mm-hmm. side and mm-hmm. my dad is like i used to do that when in the 80s i'm like <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah that's so funny do you think that like maybe 20 or 30 years from now people will think that our kind of generation was the good old days because i feel like now we think of like 80s and 90s as you know the good old days but like what about like you know in 2050 like do you think that they'll look back on 2020 or not, you know, per se this year, but I guess this kind of 10, like five to 10 years and be like, oh, we miss how things were back then. Basically, the generations from now will say that when it's 2050, we're going to still say the 80s was the best year. Really? Yeah, that's hmm. how I feel. And I think the kids from those generation are going to look at us like, really? <laughs> that old age? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's it's funny because like right now in 2020, everyone's talking about how terrible 2020 is and how oh. things just could not get worse. And like in regards to things like fashion, though, that's sort of an isolated industry, sort of apart from all the events happening in 2020. So I think it would just be kind of funny if if in 30 years people were saying, oh, I wish I wish I could go back to 2020 again, when in 2020 everyone's saying, I wish I could go back to any other time besides 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes, any other time except this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. It's been around half an hour, so we've pretty much reached our time. Um, thank you so much to Kat. Um, be sure to check out her podcast and download it, subscribe, every all that stuff. And be sure to check out her YouTube channel um, called Royal Jewels. And we were so happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. All right, thank you. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,